Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Season 19 premiere, Julie. How are you feeling? I feel genuinely amazing. How do you feel? I feel like we are back in action. It feels good, right? Julie, it feels so goddamn good to be back. I have to tell you, I was really, I have been enjoying these old episodes so much and I've been so kind of just engulfed in nostalgia that I forgot what this was like. There's nothing like a new season premiere. There's nothing like it. You know what's sad? I know. We only get one more season premiere now. I know. And I was actually thinking it as I was watching this. And not to be clear, not that this episode was so groundbreaking. It's not like we got any crazy drama, which I was totally fine with. I loved every second of it anyway. But as I'm watching it, I was like actively trying to remember that feeling. (laughs) So I was like, there's only one more time in our lives that we're going to get that. I know. I had like graduation goggles. Yes. I love that term. I always forget that that's a term. Exactly. (laughs) It's actually what I was saying last week about her on Monday about how I do genuinely believe that not keeping up with the Kardashians, but some other Kardashian related spinoff will be coming to streaming services just because I think, you know, linear television, as we talked about is dying, et cetera. So I had that in the back of my mind. So it wasn't that there was a sense of sadness, but you know, there's nothing like an actual keeping up that same intro music. It gets me going. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I know. I'm <laughs> Shall we? I mean, what are we waiting for? I I don't know. I was I was waiting for you. <laughs> I'm giddy. I think that's the only word to describe you right now. You think? Yeah, I guess I just I really it was as I was watching it, I was like, you know something? This is why I'm here. Like this the fact that this has become our career is just fueling me and I'm so excited and I'm just so happy to be doing this right now with you. I'm so happy. Okay, let's do it. So this episode, there were three kind of plot lines going on, but I would say that the Malika plot line was perhaps the most serious. Do you think that that's a good way to put it? Yes. And I love that for her. 
Me too. And the thing with Malika is that, no, she hasn't necessarily been a main character throughout the seasons, but she's been around. She knows what she's doing. So Malika giving us a confessional, she she gets it. She knows what the people want. She knows kind of how to do it. And I appreciate that because it makes for good television. Oh, yeah. This is not a girl at her first rodeo. She knows what she's doing here. Yeah, she's not a rookie at all. So as you guys know, since this episode aired, Malika has given birth to her son, Ace, in March. However, at the time, she was pregnant. So the first scene kicks off with Malika, Khadija, and Chloe, and they're shopping for baby clothes, which this was her first or seemingly first experience in a baby store, which I always think brings with it this like element of just, I don't know, sentimental emotion kind of. Right. It was. It was a big deal. It was definitely a big deal for her, but you can also see she's so overwhelmed by this. Yeah, which we then find out in one second when Chloe says in her confessional, Malika and her baby father, OT, they're not together currently, so I'm the surrogate partner for her. So the very first thing I think about is throwing her the most epic baby shower. So we know off the bat, her and OT, not in the best terms. We've known that since, but it's always interesting, which as we talked about last week when we were mourning the loss of Kardashians, it's always interesting to be the, be, see the behind the scenes. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I I don't want everything to be through that lens, but it kind of is now. Well, listen, it has to be. I don't think that's our fault. No, no, not our fault. It's their fault. Yeah. I mean, the good thing, the one thing that I do feel good about is that we quite literally have 17 more seasons, I think, after we finish this one to recap. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we're good. It's, yeah. it's, I love what we did because now it never ends. It's It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It feels eternal. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. When we run out of those, I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. By then, hopefully there'll be a Netflix, there'll be a Netflix show. There'll be something on Hulu. We'll figure it out. Fingers crossed. So Malik is in her confessional and she says, I never envisioned that I would have a child and be single. I always thought that my baby would be made in love, but maybe eventually I would be married or at least be living together. So doing all the nursery shopping and all this stuff is great to do with Khadija and Chloe, but ultimately that's not the way I wanted this to happen. So obviously, as you guys know, anytime we see something that strikes a little bit of interest in us, we look it up so that we can provide you with the Google search that we wish we had while watching, which is, we've known that OT has another son who's 10 years old from his previous relationship. However, just out of curiosity, we were wondering who else he'd been with. So one quick Google search will tell you that his past girlfriend, Malaysia Pargo, who was actually on Basketball Wives LA, dated him in 2016. I go to her thing. Who did she date (laughs) right before that? James Harden. James Harden and Chloe dated from 2015 to 2016, and she dated James Harden in 2016. So the crossover here is just remarkable. It's amazing. I guess anytime you're going to find somebody who's dated an NBA player, there's a good chance there's a Kardashian or Jenner crossover somewhere there. No, I just didn't realize Chloe and Kendall. I was going to say, I didn't realize it was going to be Chloe, you know? I know. I want that to be me. Like, I want to be connected to every NBA player. Really, you never know. Stranger things have happened. You're right. You're right. I also, just out of curiosity, was wondering who else Malika had dated. And do you guys remember that in 2017, for two months, she dated Ronnie from Jersey Shore? And then in a 2015 episode of Keeping Up, she said that she briefly dated Nick Carter in 2002. (laughs) What's funny about 
her and Ronnie, I remember that so vividly, but I thought it was longer, honestly. Like I didn't think it was just two months, but they met on the e-show famously single. Yeah. Just like Aubrey O'Day and, and Polly D. Oh, wow. What a couple. What a couple. Anyway, so keep that in the back of your mind as you go through this. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you watched the episode, but you guys know we go scene by scene. So here we are. Okay. So next scene, Courtney's in her photo shoot and she's saying that, you know, she's doing a photo shoot and her meeting for Poosh. The first thing that I want to say about this is, and we will get into this throughout the episode. It was in this episode that it really hit me. And maybe it's because Kardashians haven't been on the air for a little while of like, the second that Courtney wanted to leave the show, she should have been, and by all of us. And I think that personally, I can speak for myself. I think I was guilty of not giving her the grace she deserved. Like she should have been walked out the red carpet and said, you do whatever you want because this woman carried the show on her back. Even in just this one episode, it showed me the genius that Kourtney Kardashian brings to our television in a way that the others just can't. Not necessarily better or worse, but just different. (laughs) The thing with Kourtney that's cracking me up is that the entire plot of last season was her not wanting to be on the show. And it's the first episode of the new season. And Kourtney's like, never mind, I'm back. Like the entire episode was her and I'm not complaining by any means. I actually thought she was like specifically great in this episode also, like so great and likable, but it just cracks me up that the entire plot of last season throughout every single episode was Courtney not wanting to be on. And then they kind of make this announcement that she's not really going to be on. She's done, but she might pop in a little bit. And the first episode she's in pretty much every scene. And what was interesting is that there was no acknowledgement really as to what happened previously. Right. Nothing. It's like it never even happened. I mean, obviously yeah. I'm curious about what the rest of the season looks like for her. But if this is any indicator, it's going to be the exact same as it always was. We just might Which be is- seeing mostly push stuff. Right. Which is excellent news because this push stuff, this plot line happened to be hilarious, which we'll get into obviously. But, you know... I don't know. That's the thing. I truly, the bar is so low. Like if Courtney's entire airtime wanted to be her just stirring vital proteins, collagen powder, I'm not going to complain. Who am I to complain? If her entire airtime is her stirring vital proteins, collagen powder into something cold, then I want to watch her technique and I will be happy to tune in for an hour to that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's educational if anything. The thing with Courtney also is you're so right. Like she fucking carried, especially watching the earlier seasons. We're like looking back and realizing she carried this shit on her back and she did not get the credit she deserved. No, by none of us and myself included. And I really started to feel guilty is the wrong word, but I kind of started to feel a little bit embarrassed, I think. Well, I don't think it's our fault that we forgot. And I think it's the show's fault. They let us forget. The whole show of last season, not to get too critical here, the whole last season should have been Corny complaining that she didn't want to do the show anymore. And then the editing team flashing back to showing us her funniest, best moments on the show. That's kind of what we said. Like, it was almost as if the show was designed last season to make people annoyed with Corny. Right. Like if I was cool, I wouldn't have wanted to be on the show either. Fuck that. Which is interesting because when she was, I don't, we didn't speak about this in the podcast, but when her and Kendall were on um, Kate Hudson's Sibling Revelry podcast last week, they were talking, you know, saying like, what's one thing from the show that you 
wish didn't exist in terms of the way that you're you're perceived. And she said, she was like, you know, I just sometimes think that they make it over the top with the gluten-free stuff and the sugar-free stuff. And she was like giving the example of North and P's birthday party. And she was like, they made me out to be like, I didn't want to have any fun and that's not what I wanted. And it was just interesting when she kind of alluded to that, the fact that she felt like she was being misrepresented for being more like quote annoying than she is because she's absolutely right. She was definitely not made out to be a likable character last season, even though we've known her for 17 seasons previously. No, not at all likable. And it's actually funny that you say this because if I was corny, I would have probably taken more issue with that than she did. That didn't seem to be her problem. Her problem was a slew of other things and having to work and, and feeling like she wasn't dedicating her time correctly. But if I was Courtney, I would have been upset about how I was portrayed because not only did they not do her character or her justice, they also made the audience forget what Courtney used to be like. And I'm not saying that like the responsibility is off of Courtney. Obviously her own personality has something to do with that, but they made her out to be such an exaggerated version of herself that people forgot what Courtney was like. And it wasn't really until TikTok with Courtney sounds and Courtney being everybody's favorite Kardashian on TikTok that I think people remembered again. No, it's really true. I know there are some people that were the OGs that Courtney has always been your favorite. And if you're one of those people and you're listening and you're frustrated and like yelling into your microphone, like I've been there the whole time, kind of like us when Justin Bieber has this resurgence and Julie and I are like, we've been there the whole time. I get it. And I respect you. And honestly, like kudos to you for not being fooled. But I do think that for me, at least this episode was invigorating and exciting. And I was just glad to see her kind of recharged and in a more positive light. Yeah, she was very likable in this episode, like incredibly so. Yeah. So they're in this push meeting and they're talking about, you know, what stories they're going to do, et cetera. And Courtney suggests that they do a story about weird jobs. So there's a billion different examples. And one of the ones that they came up with was professional cuddlers, which is funny because a couple of months ago, an article came out about this. And I remember reading and being so interested, but then never actually learning more. So I was actually, Kardashians aside, genuinely just interested in this practice. So I was happy to see that Poosh, those investigative journalists over there were reporting on it. Was the article you read a Poosh article? No, it wasn't. Julie, listen. You'll do a lot of things, but reading a Poosh article isn't one of them. I, I hate myself for it too. Like it's, it's, I don't know if anybody else is having this dilemma and if so, please let me know. But it's like, on one hand, I see how excited and passionate and fulfilled Courtney is by Poosh and by this work. And that genuinely makes me happy. But at the same time, I can't lie and say that there isn't a part of me that's like not laughing at it. That's not what it is, but not taking it as seriously as maybe I should, because what I see on screen is just so inconsistent with what I see on Instagram. Like those articles and stuff, I've never once seen something that has been truly impactful. Like honestly, no bullshit aside. And I totally support her. And I'm sure people, other people don't feel that way, but it's weird. It's like, she's so excited about this and so passionate yet. I guess I personally haven't seen the proof. So it's hard for me to get there, but I so badly want to. No, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, listen, have I read a Poosh article? Obviously not, but am I a Poosh stan? Duh. Um, but the only reason that I thought it could have been a push article is because who else would have written it? Like they're literally talking about doing a push article on it. So it would have made sense if you read the push article about it and didn't even realize that's what it was. No, I didn't. It was a daily mail Snapchat story. That makes more sense. That's more on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So keep all of that in the back of your mind as we move on to the next scene. So Chloe's in her confessional and she says to the audience, so it's been a minute, but we have not forgotten about the Chris Jenner prank. What I want to say about this, Julie, is that I know you're not a Housewives person, but on every Housewives franchise, there's typically one person that acts as kind of the narrator. And I really think if I had to choose, Khloe Kardashian is keeping up's narrator. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And she does a damn good job. Amazing. Shall we just get the elephant out of the room? Do you know what I'm going to say? What are you going to say? That her look for this confessional was the very look that sparked the Photoshop controversy controversy of 2020. I know. That is the elephant. You're right. I had to just get it out. I know. But now we got it out early. We don't have to talk about it again, right? Yeah, we don't have to talk about it again. It's just so upsetting because you look at this and personally, I see her in confessional and I think that she looks so beautiful and, you know, happy and and like radiant. And I just, I keep thinking like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to change your face on Instagram because the way that you look in your confessional is so like beautiful. No, I know. I know. So basically, Chloe's recapping the paparazzi prank, and she's saying how the first set of photos weren't really believable, so they're going for phase two of the prank. So they go to dinner. It's her, Kim, Chris, and Corey, which, by the way, what a foursome. Oh, my God. Amazing squad. Great squad. I would have loved Kylie to be there, but hey, who am I to, who am I to make requests? Not everything can be perfect. I know. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So they're at Mastro's and in her confessional, Chloe is saying that the first step of this prank for it to really be successful is that they need to get Chris blacked out to the point where she has a very fuzzy memory of the night so that it would be feasible that she would forget what happened in the paparazzi pictures, which I have to say half or probably 95% of the time when Scott and Courtney, I mean, Scott and Chloe do these pranks, I think they're bullshit. This one was very believable. Also, even when they're bullshit, they're so much fun. It's just the dynamic between between Courtney and, and between Courtney and Scott, Forty and Slip. The dynamic between Chloe and Scott is just so much fucking fun to watch that even when the pranks are stupid, it's just worth it to watch them. This one happened to be really funny, I think, but there are other dumber ones that they've done where I've been like, I don't even give a fuck. 
Julie, I love me some Art Vandalay. Are you kidding? I obviously wasn't talking about Art Vandalay. That one was chef's kiss. Yeah. Also, I just have to say, I love the double confessional. And when Kim and Chloe are in this confessional together and Kim is in that high pony with the two pieces of hair in front. Oh my God. She is so stunning. Yeah. Amazing look for, I mean, every looks an amazing look for her, but amazing look for her. She just happens to be really unbelievably beautiful. It's actually alarming. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So anyway, basically Chloe is explaining in her confessional that she made a deal with the bartender. So basically, Chloe tells Chris, I've never had a martini before. I want to try it. So Chloe is having water martinis served to her while the bartender is serving Chris actual martinis. So you can see Chris is like actually getting very drunk. And this isn't the kind of thing where she's faking. Like I genuinely believe this is Chris Jenner when she's tipsy and I love it. Oh yeah, she was drunk here. And Chloe's in her confessional and she says, Kim had this master idea of reaching out to my mom's assistant. And as soon as my mom gets home tonight and she's drunk and throwing her clothes all over the floor and whatever to get all of her stuff and throw it in a trash bag and Kim will get it to me. And we will be, I will be in the Chris Jenner outfit from my toes to my jewelry. It's all going to match spot on. And it's going to look so perfect that she won't know if I was, it was her or the imposter. I mean, genius. <laughs> I love, I love when Matthew's involved. Yes. Matthew. It- He's a hard goddamn worker and it shows. The thing that people don't understand is that Chris's assistant, Matthew, is the unsung hero of Keeping Up and we don't see him on screen, but you don't need to see all of the integral players on screen for them to be really making moves behind the scenes. Agreed. Okay, so keep that in the back of your mind. Next scene, Courtney is doing her research for Professional Cuddler and she finds Cuddle Sanctuary. We went to their website and just put in a little excerpt just so you guys could really get a full picture. And it reads, professional cuddling sessions are a rated G experience that will soothe your spirit and quiet your mind. Sessions can include hugging, spooning, holding hands, compassionate conversation, or blissful quiet. We take a lot of care to craft each session so it's just right for you. I feel like I'm like, like, am I doing an ad for them? (laughs) Your voice sounds so good. I was like considering it for a second. Use promo code CBC. (laughs) Okay, we're going okay. Um, You get to decide just how much touch, if any, you want in a session. We can guide you through the entire experience and provide you with lots of relaxing, nurturing options. Or if you already know what you'd like to experience, we can design the session as a team. Professional cuddlers are amazing human beings who bring warmth and caring to every session. The practitioners on our site are chosen for their training, integrity, professionalism, and clear communication skills. You'll be in terrific hands. That was amazing, Em. Oh my God, thank you. They should literally hire me. <laughs> I gotta ask you something yeah. though. Isn't this like forget push for a second? Isn't this kind of a fascinating concept? Fascinating. Like here, I am thinking that you and I, these two girls who just loved the Kardashians, love pop culture, and somehow made a career about it. And every day, I'm so grateful for that. These people literally just like to cuddle. And now they get paid to do it. That's pretty entrepreneurial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Our job seems improbable, but there seems. I don't even know how they got that. So they get there and the professional cuddlers are kind of explaining what to do. What's the purpose of it? And Courtney asks, what is the standard cuddle position? And the woman says, it's whatever feels safe and yummy. And you can see in this moment, Courtney has one of those things of like, okay, I am in their environment. I asked to be here. I have to be respectful, but also (laughs) respectfully, what the fuck is going on? If somebody said yummy to me in that context, I would have gotten up and walked out. All I could think about was you. 
all I could think about was Julie in this situation of like, we're doing something because for work, we had to do it. We're there. And then Julie's sitting there like, how did I get myself into this situation? You want to know what I thought of? Do you want to know what I thought of? Yeah, tell me. (laughs) This is so different. Okay. So different. But when we went on Hannah Burner's podcast, we fucking love Hannah, by the way. But we had, we didn't really know what to expect. We just knew that we loved Hannah. Obviously we were going to do it. And we didn't know that it was like a deep podcast where you get like very emotional. And so we go in and we sit down and Hannah starts hitting us with these like hardcore emotional questions. And I'm obviously having the time of my life. And Julie is literally like, I know there was no video. She is so visibly uncomfortable. And Hannah turns to her and she's like, Julie, is this your worst nightmare? Like on air, if you listen, you can hear it. And Julie's like, I I can't do like get me out of here. That's what I envisioned about you in the professional cuddling situation. I knew that's what you were gonna say. Obviously, um, I like am uncomfortable again reliving the experience. Uh, but literally during that interview, Hannah stops in the middle and she's like, "You know, you don't need to look at Emma every time you answer a question." Like I literally couldn't get a word out without having to like look to Emma first. It was the weirdest experience of my life. Um, but during this, like this whole cuddle thing, I couldn't stop thinking about myself either. It was so funny. So basically, you know, Courtney in her confessional saying that she's fascinated by it, but it does make her a little bit uncomfortable. And so they're doing these different positions. It's her and Steph mostly. They're hugging. And in her confessional, Courtney says, I don't think I realized it, but I don't think I'm affectionate with just anybody. It's just a little bit weird, I guess. Which I first of all, I think is very understandable, but they're all kind of in this little spoon train. And Courtney says, if Kendall was here, she would, wow, she would die. I love little comments like that. And I think it must maybe is because we're just coming off of the Kate and Oliver Hudson podcast where Courtney and Kendall did it together. And like, we learned so much about their dynamics. So it was just so funny that in that moment, Courtney was thinking about like how Kendall would react. Yeah, that is really funny. It's funny. I actually had that thought too. I was like, Kendall would never fucking do this. So you can see that Courtney's kind of just wondering how she got here. And Steph asks if they cuddled as children, which by the way, Steph, amazing question. Oh, MVP of the episode. Yeah. So Courtney says, no, I swear. Now that I'm here, I like never realized it because I'm super cuddly with my boyfriend or with my kids. And Steph says, but did you get cuddled as a kid? And she said, I don't know, maybe not. And in her confessional, Courtney says, I don't remember being cuddly with my mom. I know my parents would sit on our bed and read us books, but I'm like in bed with my kids under the cover, scratching their backs and singing songs. I just have a different memory. And Steph said, but like you and your sisters would never cuddle. And Courtney says, I don't think so. And in her confessional, she says, me just giving my sister a simple hug just seems so not normal, like uncomfortable and awkward for both of us. We're just not very affectionate. I don't know. I was so loving the fact that you could see Courtney is genuinely speaking as the words are coming to her brain. Like she's thinking out loud in her confessional. Yeah. She's like really having like a moment of realization here, which is funny because if I would have thought how Courtney would have like reacted to this or what she would have thought about herself going in, I wouldn't have expected her to realize this in the, in the moment. I would have thought it would have been something that she always knew about herself. Obviously my first thought was like, I wonder if Courtney's been going to therapy more because the way that she was processing this experience was very exemplary of someone who's in therapy because like it just she she was so hyper like in touch with herself it made me feel yeah I I mean I'm saying on therapy we knew she was up until recently so I would assume she still is can I also make a comment about what she's saying with her sisters like I don't think it's weird because I think that when you're really close with somebody like, and you're with them constantly, or you, you're really, really close. Like, I don't think it's unusual to not hug because you see them so often. Like you and I don't really hug. 
I was thinking about that. I don't, I mean, I obviously don't have siblings, so I can't speak on it, but like you and I are literally best friends and we do not hug. I mean, we hug if we're seeing each other for the first time, but like we don't just hug on a random day. Right. Like I, it would be weird for us to, like there are people that are very, very touchy and that's their thing, but I don't think it's like weird and unusual to not be touchy, especially when it's with people you're with all the time. Like there's a lot of TikToks about that, that I've seen where it's like, how weird it would be if I just hugged my best friend right now. No, I completely, I don't think it's weird at all. I just think it's an interesting commentary on like the way that we all operate. It's just so interesting. It's well, it's interesting that she was, she kept, I mean, the concept in general is interesting, but it's also specifically interesting that she kept kind of going back to her childhood and like very actively and honestly trying to analyze if the behaviors in her childhood were now manifesting themselves into the way that she like behaved as an adult. And I just, I don't know. I just like from a psychological level, I just appreciated this experience. Well, yes, me too. Because also the thing that Courtney did was she was so curious about it, but I loved her trying to like actually figure it out. Like to me, if I would have thought about this scene ahead of time, I would have just been like, Courtney's just not a touchy person. Like she just know, like I just would have figured she would have known that about herself. So it's so interesting to me that, she like had this experience and was like, oh, this is a really weird thing about myself when I would have just figured it was something that she knew. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, and Courtney in her confessional was saying how it's fascinating how much human touch we really need and that most people don't get it. And Steph just throws in, I love to cuddle. I love myself a Steph commentary. Can't help it. Same. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected, With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot pet insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Next scene, we are at with Chloe and Malika at Malika's new house and Malika's moving in. And in her confessional, Chloe's kind of saying that, you know, Malika just purchased her first home. She's so excited for her. And of course, at this point, True is roughly two years old. So Chloe has some more experience with baby things. And she's kind of showing Malika, you know, this is what you need for organization, kind of saying, you don't realize how much stuff the baby is going to have until he gets here. And I think Chloe is feeling not a sense of pressure. Like I think even if OT was really involved, Chloe would want to be involved. But I do definitely think that there's a part of her that feels like she needs to pick up the missing pieces because Malika doesn't have that built-in support that one would anticipate her to have. Right. Exactly. And also I think that there's a part of Chloe that's like, okay, this is not my first rodeo. Right. Well, 
exactly. There must be a personal part to her. Not that, not that Tristan wasn't an involved father, because that's, that is one criticism that isn't accurate. Like he's a lot of things, but he seemingly, and according to Chloe, has always been a good dad to True. But she knows what it's like to not have that, the emotional support when you need it the most. I mean, she was quite literally in labor when they found out he cheated. So like to put it in perspective. Can you believe that happened? No, I really, honestly, I can't. Sometimes I, I really, really. It. It's so funny because I have like 0% hatred, resentment, anything towards Jordan. Like I, I don't know. Jordan's just been really active recently on social media and she's been on, on TikTok and she's posting all these videos. And I'm the first, you know this, I'm the first one to send you her stuff and be like, holy fuck, she's glowing. Oh my God. Like I just still root for her so hard. Yet my perception of Tristan is forever tarnished. As, kind of as it should be. I don't know. Also, the thing yeah. that I was thinking about during this episode is like, we always go back to the Tristan Jordan situation. We talk about it. Like we forget how crazy it was the first time it happened when Chloe was in labor. Like I will never forget like getting those, seeing those photos in the TMZ article and Chloe going into labor. Like that was so fucking crazy. And the Jordan thing was just crazier. So we forget how fucking wild it was the first time around when it like literally came out of nowhere. Like the thing with the Jordan situation is it was so much crazier because it was Jordan. It wasn't crazy because of Tristan. But when it first happened with Tristan the first time around, it was like we had all fallen in love with Tristan at this point. We were so happy for Chloe. We were so excited. So it was just like this major shock. You're so right. And I forget about it. I, I really, really do forget about it. Cause I remember it was Chloe's baby shower. We were seeing those pictures. Everybody was so excited. And then it just hit like a ton of bricks. Right. It was. And yeah. also it just, <laughs> because we were coming off of Lamar and obviously there were people in between, but just because we were coming off of Lamar and how much hurt she went through that time, we were like, Oh, yes, this is finally it. This like, this is what Chloe deserves. Like this is, this is her person now. And for that to have been like taken from us, we all felt that. That's just, sorry. I just, as you were talking, I started to just go back and you're really right. That was wild. That was a wild time. So in her confessional, Malika says, me and my son's father actually dated for like two and a half years, but we're just in two different places in our lives. And I decided that it was better for me to not stay in the relationship because it was just getting harder and harder. We've agreed to co-parent and being our son, bring our son into a loving environment. And that's the most important thing. And she says to Chloe, I can't sleep. My anxiety is not a joke. So I guess I need to get a handyman here to put stuff together because his father doesn't do stuff like that. Can I ask you if you had a similar thought? Yes, please, please ask me. I don't know why I always ask consent to ask a question. <laughs> it's because the cuddling thing was a lot of consent giving. So now you're going to You do always ask her, can I ask you a question? Like what, what the fuck would happen if one time I was like, no, please don't. I don't know. I say that in real life too. I, 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 I think it's just a part of my vocabulary. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, what I was going to say is this is me reaching a little. So don't use this particular scene as an example of what I'm saying. But like the way that she kind of maybe held out on getting a handyman, if we're using that as an example, I think that that's a very common trend a lot of times where like you want someone to be something that they're not. Like she so badly wants more than anything for him to come over, to build the crib, to like be the dad that she wants him to be. And it's just not going to happen yet. She hasn't already taken the steps that she needs to because there's a part of her that feels like 
you know, maybe it'll happen, maybe it'll happen. And like, I know that that's probably reaching a little bit here because it wasn't that far along, but I do think there was a part of Malika that like was being totally realistic yet also was still longing for this change and maybe not wanting to make the proactive steps to like really seal the deal that he was not going to be that person. Does that at all make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, That's what I thought too. It it was interesting watching Malika kind of in real time figure out her parenting and what she was going to do and kind of the behind the scenes of that. Because the other thing that's really interesting is that I think that a lot of the times with like the father of the baby, sometimes when they're not together, like living together every single day, when it's not like you two are bringing a baby into the world as a couple, like I think that it's potentially a little bit different from the father's point of view until the baby gets there. So I think that's also something that Malika was kind of grappling with. Like, is this a for now thing? Is this going to be the future? Is this just because, you know, the baby isn't here yet. So therefore it's not as urgent of a thing in his mind as it is for me, as I'm looking down and seeing my own baby bump and knowing that I'm going to be a mother for the first time. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yes, absolutely. Also, so I just, this is, these are like the kind of things that we like to insert because obviously our minds are so in tune to the comments, but I don't think your average person would remember this. So she gave birth to her son on March 14th. In April, Hollywood Unlocked posted this viral TikTok going around of a father and his daughter. They were doing gymnastics. It was like just very adorable. And Malika had commented that said, a father who wants to be a father with the hard eyes. So people took that as her talking about OT especially since it was one month after she had given birth. And she then commented on the post about it. I think it was from the shade room. And she said, y'all sure know how to take a positive and make it a negative. I did not have a father and I always admire girls and women that do. I praise good fathers as I do good mothers. Good parenting contributes impactfully on the positive people we have in this world. If you know, you know. Basically saying like that wasn't about OT, which she says it's not, I totally believe her. But like, you can understand why the public would have ran with that. Yeah. I mean, I'll trust her. You know what else? Remember, she had put up something recently um, that was a story that was like, um, like if you're going out and you're with a lot of people, like you're not coming near my baby or something like that. And it was like basically OT had just been at a party and there were pictures of him from it. Yeah, her and Chloe are really into the subtweeting thing. It's, it's It's an interesting approach. I don't get it. Like, I don't, I just don't, as your average person, I don't do it. So I don't know why you would do it. I don't know, whatever. You know what? If it makes them feel better, it makes them feel better. Everybody has a different way of expressing their frustration. Personally, posting a quote to my story doesn't do it for me. But you know what? Sometimes it just does. And that's okay. I if I turned into one of those people. It's, just, I can't, it's not even something that I could envision because it's so far from anything you would ever do. I would never. No. But it's not, I have a lot of friends that do. Like, I don't think it's a personality trait. I genuinely think some people just express their upset in that way. Like, that's the way that they express it. So, hey, more power to you. But I also think, like, if you want to post quotes on your story, I'm, I'm down for that. Like, whatever. But if they're so blatantly targeted at somebody else and you're only posting it for that one person to see that you're upset, just, like, fucking send a text message. Or post a beautiful selfie and just make sure they see it. Yes, but like I'm saying like if you're trying, not if you're trying to get them to acknowledge you. I'm saying that like if you're trying to solve an issue or if you're trying to air some problem between the two of you, like I just don't think your Instagram story is necessarily the place for that. 
<laughs> Obviously, my first comment is post a beautiful self. Yeah, yeah. I was like, not what I meant. Like, yeah, that's amazing advice too. Like, that's not <laughs> like first crafts for a reason. But I'm just like not talking about that here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Kim Kardashian once said. When you get a good selfie, bank it. She always says, bank some good selfies. It's the best advice she has ever given me, honest to God, aside from watching the way that she so wonderfully gave head, um, educational wise. But it is truly <laughs> it is truly the best advice that she has ever given me because anytime you're feeling good, I'm telling you, this is for anybody. If you have a day where you specifically just feel really good about yourself for whatever reason, your skin is glowing, maybe you're feeling really happy. I don't know, we all have those days. Bank some good selfies. If you want to throw on a couple of different shirts, what looks like two different days, go for it. You will be so glad that you have those just, just to have and to do with what you please, right? Yes. <laughs> I can't take you seriously sometimes. Are you having fun? I'm having the time of my life, obviously. <laughs> I'm going to post a okay. I'm sorry about how much fun I'm having, actually. Okay, please, please do, please do. Okay, so... Next scene, it's Steph, Courtney, and Kendall at lunch. And they're taking pictures on their disposable cameras, etc. And Courtney tells Kendall about going to the cuddling place. And Kendall, exactly as Courtney had predicted, kind of cuts her off and is like, cuddling sanctuary? And Courtney's shocked. She's like, how the fuck do you know? I think she had this moment of like, you know this place? <laughs> like, why? I have no idea how to know either. And so she asks Kendall, like, have you gone there? She's like, no, my friends have. And Kendall goes, I can't believe you did that. I would never be able to do it. And she was saying, you know, she's like, I know for me, like I'm cuddly with a boyfriend or with my kids, but not really with each other. And we're not that cuddly with the rest of the family. And Kendall's like, no, I'm like not a touchy person, person. And Courtney asks if Kendall remembers cuddling with Chris growing up. And Kendall was saying like, no, you know, more so with my dad. And in her confessional, Courtney says, talking to Kendall is really making me think it's not just me. I think it's something that's in our family. I think that maybe we all feel a little bit uncomfortable with affection. And Courtney asks if Kendall's cuddly with a boyfriend and Kendall says, yeah, but it took her a really long time. She says, when I was younger, especially, I was very like, I don't know, I had a weird thing. And Courtney says, I feel like I was too. So interesting. I got that. It didn't surprise me at all that Kendall was saying that she had to get over that hump in relationships. Like, I just feel like that's just on brand with her personality. Um, But, and I feel like Courtney was saying for her, she didn't. Like with boyfriend, that's one thing where that isn't an obstacle. Right. Well, I think that Courtney was saying that, like, looking back at first, when she was first going through relationships, it's probably something that she had to get over a little bit, too. Now it's not so much an issue. Like, I have a feeling that Kendall's was probably, like, a bigger thing that she had to work through just based on Kendall's personality, where Courtney was just, like, getting over, like, probably some intimacy issues of it all. Um, Yeah. But it is interesting, the two of them, because they are probably, I assume... Like the two least touchy, although Kim's not very touchy either. I know. I don't know. I, I, it was weird as I was watching this. I was trying to think, like, what did I think of them before? What was my perception of how their affection level? I never thought about it before. Also, like, it goes back to a the point of not really hugging and being touchy with people that you see all the time being kind of a normal thing, and b. Specifically, Courtney and Chloe used to be very touchy. It wasn't like huggy, affectionate touchy, but it was like wrestle, play around, be funny touchy. So to me, that was always like a form of affection. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of this depends on your definition of affection. 
I don't know. I could obviously analyze this forever. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Next scene, we're at Chloe's house. The prank is in way. She's getting in, you know, Kris Jenner makeup and Scott's carrying true. Julie, I know you died for this. How upset were you that they cut out that scene? Yeah, I know. Well, thank God we saw it. For anybody who didn't see it, they had, you should look it up. They had released a scene where before Scott carries true in to see Chloe, he's talking to true and he's like, I'm your uncle Scott. I can't, why the fuck would they cut that out? I don't think they understand how impactful Uncle Scott is to your average person. I mean, it was one minute of like the happiest I felt ever. So I, that was such a I mistake. Know. I know. And Scott is in Chloe's pantry, which honestly, if I was at Chloe's house, that's where I would be too. Not even for the snacks, just to admire the organization. It's, okay. it's pretty spectacular. It's like a museum. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so glad you wrote this down. I was going to say the same thing. I've never heard, or maybe I just forgot that Scott calls Chloe Cloverton. Loved it. Love it. Love it. I see you wrote down what ring is Chloe wearing. Remember she's in Kris Jenner full jewelry. But my question is, is did she take Chris's ring specifically? Is that a ring that Chloe has? Is Kris Jenner married? Because that's still a question mark. Um, and also like, do they just buy their own diamond rings? Because I feel like that maybe takes away a little bit of an engagement ring. I think they do just buy their own diamond rings. I, but I, I don't know. I, honestly, I didn't even blink because that's what my mom would do. Like she always just bought her own jewelry. So anyway, Chloe and Scott are in their confessional. They're explaining what the plan is for the next round of photos. And they're, <laughs> they're out there. Chloe's acting really drunk. She's in the dumpster. They hire this photographer. Scott's kind of directing the whole thing. And in his confessional, he's like, I feel like I'm Spielberg out there shooting. I mean, I'm killing it. I'm getting every single angle. I'm putting together a movie. And, you know, Chloe's kind of explaining how this is going to go down on the back end. So she's saying, you know, we have Christy, who's our PR person. She's going to leak the photos. And I think that they both feel like we really got it this time, which as we will find out, they really did. Yeah, they crushed it this time. Yeah. Next scene, we are back at Chloe's house. Malika and Chloe are kind of discussing Malika's baby shower. Malika wants a black and white stripe theme. Thank God Chloe immediately shuts that down. And she says she's so horrified. And as Malika's telling her, Chloe consciously recognizes the face that she's making. She's like, okay, wait, let me adjust my facial expression. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't blame Chloe for having that reaction at all. No. 
So Chloe asks, how's OT? And Malika says, we actually had a good talk yesterday. I'm like, we do need to start talking about how we're going to parent. So it isn't something that we're just talking about when the baby gets here. Because I'm getting ready to start interviewing nannies. I'm getting ready to start checking pediatricians. And I'm like, I don't want to be eight or nine months pregnant trying to get a house together and a nursery together while doing it alone. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I could only imagine. She just bought her new house. She's paying a mortgage. She's doing all these things on her own. She's now going to take care of a baby. All of these things is overwhelming. And Malika says, you know, that OT said to her, he said, no, no, I want to be there. Just tell me what you need. And Chloe says, but he can say anything. He's been saying that. Doesn't mean he's going to do it. Then you're going to be responsible for that. And Malika says, he said he was going to take care of everything to finish the nursery. And Chloe says, but when is he going to do it? And in her confessional, Chloe says, I love OT and I love everything he's saying. It all sounds good, but Malika doesn't need words right now. Her due date is right around the corner. I would love for Malika to have a sense of security. And Malika says, it is what it is. We have these little talks often. I just pray that it sticks. I don't know. This made me really just sad. Like, I don't know. This, this guy, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. That's not what I'm saying. But like, she deserves to be with someone who doesn't have to be pressured to step up to the plate, who wants to step up to the plate because he loves her that much and because he loves the unborn baby that much. And I just feel like that isn't the case here. And so the immaturity was really showing. Yeah. Also, my question with Chloe is that, remember how we were talking about Chloe when she was in the episode where, again, the second season that we just recapped, where Scott had cheated on Courtney or they had thought Scott cheated on Courtney and Chloe was like, so angry, so dump him, get rid of him, whatever. And we were kind of having that discussion about like, is Chloe able to take her own advice or does she just give advice and like completely remove herself from the picture? Because like, we both said that like if Chloe was in this, if Courtney was in this situation again, Chloe's advice wouldn't have changed based on her trust and situation. Like we both felt like that's still what Chloe would have done. So my question here right. is, did you feel like Chloe was projecting with Malika or did you feel like Chloe had removed herself entirely from the situation and was being really hard on OT to Malika where she wouldn't have been doing that to Tristan or didn't necessarily do that to Tristan? Yes, I thought that she removed herself from the situation. One, because I actually thought so, but then combined with the fact that I, I can't help it, I literally just listened to Courtney and Kendall on that podcast and they were saying that that's the type of advice that Chloe gives. It's just interesting. Did you not think so? No, I did think so, which is why I was interested. Like it didn't come off at all like she was projecting. Whereas like I would have thought that if I was Chloe in this situation, I would have said to Malika coming from a place of, Listen, I've been there with it being really stressful and having a not great relationship, especially in the beginning with the baby's father. Like, here are the things you need to do to protect yourself. Here's what you need to do to protect your baby. And then we can go from there. Um, so I was just intrigued that she didn't really bring herself into the situation at all. So then I couldn't tell, like, is she just projecting while still removing herself? Or is this just entirely Malika-focused advice and she's not thinking about herself at all here? Because I don't really understand how she would give advice in this situation without bringing her own experience into it, even the slightest. I mean, listen, it's really hard. Even people that say that they're 100% removing their own experience... I don't think that that's 100% possible. So I guess one could argue it was there on some level, but I don't think she was leading with it. I really don't. But wouldn't you, like my point is that she shouldn't have taken herself out of the situation. My point is that she, 
And not that she gave Malika bad advice or that she wasn't helpful. I don't mean that at all. I just mean that like somebody coming from a situation where she can at least relate on some level, it seemed like she was giving Malika advice as if she couldn't. Well, let me ask you a question. What, like hypothetically, what would you, the idea of what would you have wanted her to say? Exactly what I said before. Like, I just would have, not even that I would have wanted, like, I don't think it's a want thing. It's just like, I would have expected Chloe to be like, listen, when you're in this situation, like the first two people you have to think about, like are your, your baby and yourself. And if you can't depend on anybody but yourself right now, then that's what you need to do. And I just felt like it was kind of weird that she didn't emphasize that point from a point of, experience because yes, Tristan is very involved now, but there was a point in the beginning where Tristan and Chloe weren't together together in the same place. She was kind of not with him. They were working through it and he hadn't seen true in a couple of months. I remember that being a thing. I don't remember if it was right after or right after the Jordan situation or maybe both. So that's all I thought. Like I thought that Chloe could have given her advice from a place of like, when you're co-parenting, it's not all perfect and I've been there. Whereas I felt like she just didn't emphasize the point of I've been there. May I say something though? At this time, she's back with Tristan, presumably. So a lot of the times what can happen is your memory can get a little bit clouded based on the current situation. It's very possible that Chloe, in an effort to maintain her current relationship and happiness in her current relationship, has kind of blocked out how traumatic that was for her. Just saying. No, I I totally agree with you. I just think that it's like, it's very interesting to watch her be able to consciously do that while giving advice on a somewhat similar situation. Yeah, it is. Anyway, next scene, Chloe and Khadijah are at lunch. They're talking about the baby shower for Malika. And basically the, the theme of this scene is that Malika is just genuinely really unhappy. Like they're calling her to try to figure out how many people she wants, this and that. And she says like, I'm a couple seconds away from not even wanting a shower. She's just genuinely really upset. And you can see they're both doing everything in their power to make it right. And I think they just both felt a little bit powerless. Fair? Yeah, very. So they're in the car, they call her back and she's crying. She's really stressed out. And she says, I'm not in the best situation. I'm trying to do the best that I can. And even little shit that it's, I'm supposed to enjoy, like my shower. And in her confessional, Chloe's saying, you know, I know that Malika melting down has nothing to do with me or Khadijah. It's probably deeper. It has to do with OT. But, you know, she just wants to make sure that Malika always knows that Chloe is there for her. And what I wanted to say to Chloe was like, trust me, she knows. Oh yeah, she knows. She knows. Okay, this next scene is my favorite. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Okay, so next scene, they're at Kim's house in Kim's gym and it's Chloe and Steph, they're working out. So Courtney comes in, Chloe's on the Stairmaster and she tells her to come off and give her a hug. So Chloe gets off the Stairmaster and Courtney just gives her this hug, doesn't say a word. And you can see Chloe is visibly uncomfortable. She has no idea what's going on. She's like, what's wrong? What's happening? And in her confessional, Courtney says, I'm just so curious as to why affection in our family is so awkward and uncomfortable. So I'm just gonna lean into this uncomfortableness, if that's a word. And Chloe says, Court, why did you decide to hug me like that? What happened? Did you just miss me? And she said, no, I was just seeing the reaction. And Chloe says, why? And Courtney says, I gave Kim a hug the other day and it was definitely awkward. And it flashes to Courtney giving Kim a hug. And you see Kim does not know what to do with it. And Kim at one point is like, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Kim was you in that situation. I, 
if somebody randomly hugged me for 15 seconds, I would be like, I, I don't know what to do with this. True. So Chloe's like, oh my God, you know, I can't ever see you and Kim hugging. And she goes, Kim was like, is this a joke? And Chloe says, but that's how I feel right now. And Courtney was saying, you know, I, I called for North. I gave her a long hug. She wasn't getting it either. And Courtney says, I'm trying to see, are we all like that? Kim is definitely like how I am. And Steph says, how's your mom? And Courtney says, she can be cuddly. It depends on her mood. So it flashes to Courtney giving Chris a hug. And you see, Chris is just, she's not as put off by Kim, but she's just kind of confused, which I think says more to the fact that it isn't a normal practice in their family versus they are not affectionate people. I just think that it's not the way that they express love within their family. Right. Like Chris wasn't annoyed by it or uncomfortable by it. She was just confused, I think, specifically with Courtney. I think that if Chloe had come in and given her a hug, or especially Kylie, it wouldn't have been a question. Yeah. So Chloe says, I don't know, you just don't give off an energy where you're like, allow people to touch you. And Steph says, when you want to touch someone, you will, like you like to hold hands. And Chloe says, she holds hands as a security blanket. And Chloe was saying how anytime they're doing a talk show where they're around a group of people that Courtney will grab her hand because that's where she feels safe. And Courtney says, I'm not abnormal when I'm out in the world. And Chloe says, and I don't think it's holding you back in life. And she says, no, I just thought it was interesting. I wonder if everyone feels that way. We're not super cuddly. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I'm a very affectionate person. And Courtney and I used to be way more touchy-feely, but recently not so much. Recently, I don't think Courtney likes me very much, but that's okay. You were kind of making that point earlier. Right. Also, like, you guys are on good terms. Don't stir up shit. I know it's just a confessional, but, like, she likes you. They were doing great as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So next scene, we're at Malika's baby shower, which I love stuff like this when we saw it so intensely on Instagram, and now we get to see the behind the scenes. Kylie walks in. You see uh, Kim and Brielle Bierman there. Kamora Lee Simmons, I think, was there. We saw a bunch of familiar faces, actually, right? Yeah, I love a familiar face. It feels so, it feels like you're there, like you're part of the party, you know what's going on. Like, I feel like when I see people I know, especially on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, not even just like at her baby shower, I'm like, oh my God, all my friends are here. I know, I felt very, uh, I I just felt at peace, I guess is a good way to put it. I felt like I knew I could show the room if I was there. So they're walking around. Malika walks in. It's absolutely beautiful. Chloe knocked it out of the park. She gives this very heartfelt, touching speech. And at the end of it, OT walks in. Okay, next scene, we are at Courtney's house. It's Kim, Chloe, Courtney, and Chris. And Courtney brought the cuddle sanctuary to her backyard because, (laughs) now that I'm the spokesperson, they do do at-home sessions, which I was thrilled to know. Tell me more. (laughs) When we go to LA, I'm making you do this, Julie. No, we're not. <laughs> no, I'm making you do it. no disrespect to Cuddle Sanctuary. I love your work. I love what you do. I love your philosophy. I just personally am going to stay far away from it. I could do it as a business expense to really for us to be able to give a detailed description to our Kardashian bonus show listeners, and that's yeah, a good way to frame it. This isn't your thing. It's not like you're a cuddly person and you want me to be more cuddly. No, no, not at all. I just think it would, I honestly just want to Snapchat it. That's all. Anyway, so they go to the the sanctuary in her backyard. The founder is there and all of them are like, Courtney, we're not just cuddling with this stranger. And Courtney's like, no, she's just going to guide it. 
So the woman is leading it. She's having them all lay down. They're making noises. Chloe is losing her mind. She can't stop laughing. She's crying. They're playing this hugging game. And Chris is the one who says that they should all spoon each other. And in her confessional, Courtney says that, you know, it's really nice to just lay there with each other, all laughing. And she says, I think because there's been so much misunderstandings and arguing or whatever's been going on with us lately, I think just having a moment together is just nice. Look at Courtney. I mean, first of all, knocked it out of the park. Second of all, did you feel like something was going on with Kim today? Oh my God. I was going to say that. I forgot to mention that before. Thank you so much for bringing it up. What was with her in this episode? Something was like off. I honestly, obviously my first thought was something was going on with Kanye. I mean, literally we see her in three scenes and she's like so weird in all of them. I'm telling you, Julie, like I, we are not getting into this now. We will do that for the regular episode. Absolutely not. Not sacrificing this. I, mean, I don't want to get into that discussion now, but I'm going to tell you, like I was talking to someone about it tonight. I just do not see a world in which Kim and Kanye like really made. I don't think that Kim is going to be willing to, um, I, I don't know. I just don't think, I think it's going to become a little bit tumult- too tumultuous for them to stay together. Just my gut. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I, I don't have a hope either way. I hope what's best for her and her and the kids. And we don't have to get into it now. I promise. But the last thing I'll say is my only thought in it was they do seem to be okay right now. Like, I know that's just like an outside view looking in, but they do seem to be okay considering. And I just almost feel like if they can make it through what they just went through, then there's a possibility of they're just going to keep sticking it out. Um, But I don't know. I I really, I can't say with any amount of certainty, but I am, I will say I am surprised at their current state and how good it seems. Yeah. I don't know, but there's a lot that we don't know, you know? Of course. Of course. Anyway, next scene, we're at Chloe's house. Chloe and Scott are sitting outside and this is the day that they are revealing to Chris the fact that First off, they're telling her about these photos, and second of all, they're and they're going to tell her the prank. So Chloe is telling Christy that Chris is currently in the car with Corey, and Corey's fully tapped in. He knows what the prank is going to be. So they decided, you know, it's best to include Corey just so we can make it a little bit more believable. So Scott and Chloe are on the phone on mute. So they can listen when Christy tells Chris. So. Christy calls Chris and she tells her that TMZ called her yesterday. They were following up from the images from last time and they actually have images of her from Monday night of her going into the Malibu liquor store and she has a bottle. And Corey goes, oh man, we did stop. Chris says, where? And Corey's like, you know, we stopped on the way home. And she's like, why would we stop? And he goes to go to the bathroom. Corey is killing it. Scott is so excited. You can hear Scott and Chloe like silently rooting Corey on. And Corey says, I got out of the car and you were out of the car when I came back. So Christy texts the pictures to Chris and Chris does not remember what they were doing. She has no recollection. Chloe and Scott are like truly dying. And you can hear that Corey and Chris are having some tension and Chloe's like, oh my God, like they're going to break up over this. And Chris is saying, I'm trying to see what we're doing because it looks like Corey's next to me in this one thing. And Chris says, it's hard to tell because it's so dark. And Corey looks at the phone and she goes, he goes, oh yeah, that's you. And Chris is mouthing to him like, don't say that, which I thought was hilarious. That was so interesting. That was like, that was like, yeah, I can't explain it. 
But if you watch it, like when you see it, you're going to be like, that was interesting. That was kind of crazy. I know it is. I can, I can. It was the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder meme in action. It was Chris Jenner, businesswoman, like master orchestrator behind the scenes. That was one two second clip of the way that she would want a situation to go down to be the most advantageous to her. Also, it was just, here's these pictures of her or like seemingly of her and she's looking at them and she knows it's her. Like she knows she can't remember it, but she knows they stopped there. She knows it's her. And Corey saying, yeah, that's you. And Chris saying like, don't confirm anything. Even though Chris knows for absolute certainty, like just watching that Chris was still figuring out a way that she could have spun it mm-hmm. or denied it, even though the only person they were on the phone with was her publicist who works for her. And also it was being filmed. And also it was being filmed, but Chris is the executive producer of the show. If she wants those clips deleted, those clips are getting deleted. I know it was, it, that's what I'm saying. It was just very interesting. I know if you guys, I don't know. I feel like some people listen to this before they watch. Some people listen after. Some people don't watch. I don't know, whatever it is. Watch that one scene just so you can understand what I'm saying. Cause it's so nuanced, but you will, you will appreciate it. I really feel that way. Anyway. So in her confessional, Chris says, I know I was really tipsy and I had a lot of drinks, but I always rely on Corey. I couldn't have any more security. And yet somebody has photos of me drunk as a skunk at a pit stop that we apparently made. And I'm peeing in a parking lot. I couldn't be more mortified right now. I'm embarrassed. I'm infuriated with Corey. And now what the hell am I going to do? So Chloe calls Kim and she's like, you're going to fucking die. I'm with Scott. Christy sent mom the photos. She thinks it's her. And Kim's like, stop. And Kim's like, oh my God, this is so funny. She thinks it's her. How is this even possible? I think Chris, I think Kim was blown away as to the fact that this was actually pulled off. I think so too. Because especially with the first round photos, you would have thought Chris being like, okay, what the actual fuck is going on now? But Chris believing it and not questioning the other photos was like, how the fuck did they pull that off? I am the first one to... um like call out when this is bullshit. I genuinely think Corey's involvement is what changed this from like, this is what separates the boys from the men in terms of pranks. Like I genuinely think the fact that Corey was so on board is why Chris was convinced. I do not believe that this was bullshit. Some people would say we're wrong, but I, I really truly think it was real. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pretend it's real because it's a hundred times more fun. And I do think it was. And also somebody get Corey a fucking Emmy. Oh, Talk about an EGOT winner. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, I, I mean, I just, I'm a Corey stan, by the way, side note. <laughs> there's nothing funnier. There's nothing funnier than me being like Emmy and then you being like, and all the other ones, like he's an EGOT. It's not just that he won one prestigious award for his acting in one scene. When it comes to you and you cut it, you're like, he has to have all of them too. How would he get a fucking Tony? <laughs> How are you I was going to say this mother <laughs> oh my God, That's so, so funny. funny Anyway, Corey and Chris get to Chloe's house and they're sitting down you can see Chris is visibly flustered she's trying to make casual conversation they're not having it and Scott's like I feel like you're really stressed and Chris is like no, there's just stuff going on nothing that I'm going to talk about a lot going on right now and Christy calls Chris answers she's like can I call you back we're still filming So they're kind of prying at her, like, what's going on? What's going on? She's not saying anything. And Chloe and Scott in their confessional are saying how visibly embarrassed Chris is. And Chloe's saying, you know, it turned really bad really quick. We just, we have to kind of come clean. 
So they're outside and Chloe shows Chris the picture and she's like, is this you? And Chris goes, what? I don't know who sent you that. And Scott goes, how could you not remember? Chris says, I don't know. Scott's like, that's really scary. Could you imagine another scenario? She goes, no, like what? He's like, you know, in another world, did you ever think that maybe just in our spare time, I get a camera and your daughter gets dressed up like you and we do really weird things that look like Chris Jenner and send them to publicists? They're literally trying to tell her and Chris is just not getting it. She's not putting two and two together because I understand she's kind of, I think she's so shocked that they could pull it off that she's not getting it. And Scott, she's already, Scott says in his confessional, he's like, already she's there in her mind. It's done. She's gone. She needs help. She's blocking out. She can't live this way. She's mortified. So they're all outside. And Scott's like, you know, she dresses up like you at night. I follow her around. We're crazy. We're sick. And you can see Chris, the, the editing job is amazing. Like it's very a la Real Houses of Potomac where just a lot of shit is going on. And Scott in his confessional says, we got her really believing and that was the dream. And so Chloe says, we've been doing this since October. And Chris goes, wow, I honestly don't like you guys anymore. And that's kind of how it concludes. Great preview for next week. Julie, tens across the board. It felt good to be back, Em. It felt good to be back. Oh. Oh my God. I feel like what's Ty Pennington. Welcome home. (laughs) That's how I feel. I feel like welcome fucking home. Welcome home. Welcome home, Kardashian family. Welcome home. Yeah, that's how I feel. Beautiful episode. Beautiful time to be alive. Guys, we're back. This is so excellent. I just, and I don't even have, you know, we used to feel really thrown off when we'd miss a week or we'd, it would be Wednesday night and we'd realize that the episode isn't on tomorrow. That's not a thing anymore because now, thank God, we have the older season. So I feel like we're just kind of cruising through and I'm just so lucky. I, I, I'm so happy. I, I mean, I physically couldn't be happier. This is the best thing ever. I know. Well, we love you guys. So one update, which things are changing a little bit, but we're trying to be as consistent as possible. So Isabel and I's Bravo episode will either go up on this week on Friday or Saturday, and we'll give you an update then. We're just trying to figure it out now that the times are changing about different shows, because we want to make sure that it's the most, works best of the schedule. Um, and also, and I'm putting this in the description, but the Ease People's Choice nominations opened up. So we would be really, really appreciative if you nominated us for Pop Podcast. You can um, enter as many times as you want, I think. We're going to put the link in the description. I wanted to wait till the end to say it so you didn't feel like annoyed at the beginning, but it would be really great. Um, I don't know. We love you guys. Thank you so much for just watching and caring and loving this stuff. And we will see you either Friday or Saturday. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.